At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. For Monday, September 27, 2021, it's The Brief from WABE. I'm Jim Burris. Governor Kemp announced today a statewide $1,000 bonus for law enforcement and first responders, though one-time checks will amount to $100 million paid through federal COVID funds. This defund the police soft on crime, demonized law enforcement agenda has also caused a crisis for our public safety officials in terms of recruitment, retention, and overall support for our men and women in uniform. 80,000 workers in Georgia will qualify. Some Republicans in the state continue to feel pressure from former President Donald Trump. At a rally in Perry this weekend, Trump promoted a slate of candidates challenging state Republicans who refused to overturn November's election results. Lisa Hagan has more. You are always the rally was Trump's first return to Georgia since his final attempt to campaign for Republican senators who lost their seats in January. Thousands of supporters flocked to the reunion at the Georgia National Fairgrounds, just south of Macon. For many in the crowd, loyalty to Trump may outweigh any party allegiances, like Pam Winterburn from Milledgeville. The Republican Party is the old Republican Party, which is not the MAGA Party. It's what I call the, you know, dyed and wool Republican Party. You know, they, they are no different in their attitudes towards Trump as the Democrats are. I mean, Winterburn says she considers herself an America first voter, not a Republican, which makes her part of a troubling trend for incumbent GOP leaders like Governor Brian Kemp and Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. Both men drew angry tirades from Trump once he reached the stage Saturday. The former president has not yet officially endorsed a challenger to Kemp, but told the crowd he would even favor Democratic candidate Stacey Abrams over the current governor. Hey, Stacey, would you like to take his place? It's okay with me. Trump not endorsing establishment Republicans is something state Democrats noted in a press conference this week previewing Trump's visit. State Representative Terry Anulowitz. All in all, what this rally is going to do is it's going to throw lighter fluid on these battles that are already happening inside the Georgia GOP. On stage this weekend, there was plenty of unity on display between Trump and the speakers he'd come to endorse. Despite multiple recounts and investigations upholding the 2020 election results, the theme of the night in Perry, Georgia, was clear. Trump won, and any voting system that didn't confirm that was broken. Lisa Hagan, WABE News. 
And just one day prior to this weekend's rally, the left-leaning Brookings Institution issued a more than 100-page report on Trump. It traces how his attempts to have Georgia's presidential vote overturned ran afoul of state law. A bipartisan group wrote the report, including Gwen Keyes Fleming. She's a former DeKalb County District Attorney. And when we spoke earlier today, she named some of the felonies Trump could face in Georgia. Well, we looked at a number of crimes, both in the election code, as well as the traditional Georgia criminal code, Title 16. And there were several crimes that were implicated, whether it's solicitation of uh, solicitation to commit election fraud or other things such as making false statements and influencing government officials. You all also came up with probable defenses that uh, a, a Trump legal team could possibly pose. How strong do you think those defenses would be? You know, this is an exercise that we did based on what we have seen in other realms. So obviously, uh, we're prospecting a little bit here. But some of the defenses, whether it's uh, presidential immunity or constitutional immunity, we argue would not apply because these actions were done outside of the role of president. Based on what we were able to, to research, we don't think that those defenses would be viable in a court. We're now seven months into Fulton County's investigation into Trump's actions. Some are asking, you know, why has there been no action? You've been a DA. How long would you have taken or do you think would be a a likely window for this investigation? Well, that's hard to say. I mean, obviously, this is a complicated case. It's one where the stakes are high. Uh, But again, the district attorney in Fulton County is a seasoned prosecutor. She has also hired some of the best prosecutors in the state. So it's hard to put a time frame on it, but I, knowing Fani, I know that she and her team are uh, gonna leave no stone unturned to ensure that the integrity of her office, the integrity of the law is upheld. If an indictment comes down and and, and the president does go to trial here in the Atlanta area, I'm, I'm sure that would be a, unprecedented type of spectacle type thing, but what kind of potential punishment if he was to be found guilty um, would he face? Did you all look at that? We did. Several of these crimes, uh, many of them are felonies, which uh, are a minimum of year in jail. Uh, The misdemeanors are 12 months or less, but several of them carry sentences of 10 to 20 years. So it really depends on which charges are brought in terms of Uh, being able to stack some of the punishments. I think it's important to note that crime is crime and the district attorney has the tools and resources to investigate any crime. She has as revamped the public integrity unit in Fulton County to be able to look at public officials that abuse their power specifically. And the criminal laws, both in the election code and the traditional Uh, Title 16 were written in a nonpartisan way. They don't favor one party over another. They don't disadvantage one party or another. The most partisan thing that could happen is refusing to go forward on a a particular case where you have sufficient evidence to do so uh, simply because of the person's party affiliation or the title within that party. Certainly you can understand, though, that this is going to be labeled partisan no matter which way it goes, right? 
Well, but I think the key to remember here is to look at the evidence, to look at the elements of the crime and put the DA to the test as to whether she can prove each and every element, regardless of party. I'm sure when the time comes or if the time comes that a jury is able to make that decision, they will be instructed by a judge to remove uh, politics from their decision and look at the actions. Gwen Keyes Fleming is a former DA in DeKalb County and now in private practice. Thank you so much for talking to me this afternoon. I appreciate it. Thank you. The COVID-19 situation in Georgia continues to show signs of improvement, but in many parts of the state, hospitals are still heavily burdened by people needing advanced care. Sam Whitehead reports. Newly confirmed COVID-19 cases in Georgia continue to fall. It's a trend that's held steady since the beginning of September. Coronavirus hospitalizations in Georgia have also been steadily declining for weeks, though are still higher than they've been during most of the pandemic. About 90% of Georgia's intensive care beds are full. In some parts of the state, nearly 90% of all general hospital beds are full. Those will be numbers to watch as COVID-19 booster shots become more readily available. The state public health department started putting third Pfizer shots in arms this week. But there are still many Georgians who haven't gotten their initial shots. Over half of the state, that's more than 5 million people, aren't fully vaccinated. Sam Whitehead, WABE News. And finally, there were some dancing goats around Atlanta today, not the coffee variety. Video, video rather, on social media shows a herd of goats loafing around Buckhead. Police say the goats were brought to a local Kroger to munch on weeds behind the store, but somehow they got through the fence and went to snack on some other possibly tastier shrubbery instead. A driver eventually called officers after seeing the goats block traffic. Animal control and owners came to the scene to help remove them. Police say no goats were injured in the process. There's more local news at wabe.org. I'm Jim Burris. Thanks for listening to The Brief. Lily Oppenheimer is our producer, Kathleen Quillian, our editor. Have a great day. From WABE Studios, the podcast where they read stories is a new children's storytelling podcast featuring notable Atlantans and performers reading classic and contemporary children's books. Each episode contains a story meant to entertain, inspire, and inform young listeners. No screens required. The podcast where they read stories features adaptations from both chapter books and picture books. Join us at wabe.org slash stories podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. W-A-B-E. The world has changed from shifts in power to a mental health crisis. So with all this social change, how do we balance the human desire for empathy, the business need for productivity, and the hope to make an impact in our community? This is a new podcast, The Social Impact Leader. I'm Jeff Schinnebarker. Join me as we explore people doing work a little different. Available every Wednesday at wabe.org forward slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. W-A-B-E.